Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Yesterday was, of course, Sunday, and today is Monday, which means we have to discuss all things Week 10, and that's what we're going to do. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. As much as it sucks, we've got to make sure we talk about this Patriots-Colts game. This Patriots-Colts game in Germany was awful. It finished 10-7. The Colts won off of the heels of a very, very, very bad performance from Mac Jones that ended up making him get benched for Bailey Zappi, who then on a fake spike threw the game-sealing interception also to the Colts. Without that quarterback play, The Colts honestly probably don't win this game. I mean, when you score 10 points and win, something went horrendously wrong for the other team. And in the Patriots case, it's their quarterback play. It's Mac Jones, not the answer. Bailey Zappi, not the answer as much as I want it to be. I will be honest with you guys. I don't know how many of you were watching this game and maybe had the same feeling. But when that fake spike happened, I was like, holy shit, Bailey Zappi's about to throw a game-winning touchdown. It's about to be a beautiful thing. And then it was a completely underthrown pass to three people in coverage uh, and led to an interception. It was honestly awful, but it looked cool. I thought it was going to happen, and then it didn't. I will say, cool play call, just not the personnel for it. I mean, the the leading wide receiver on the day for the Patriots, Demario Douglas, 6 of 9 for 84 yards. No one else on the team even had more than five targets. No one else on the team even had 35 receiving yards. It was really all Douglas, uh, really just because, I mean, the quarterback play was so bad, it's only going to one guy. But still, I mean, to see no one do anything on this Patriots side is going to be concerning really rest of season. Not that it hasn't been up to this point. Anyway, we'll say some signs of life continue with Ramondre Stevenson. He is still being fed. He had 23 touches. Three of them were receptions and finished the day with 102 yards. So just a quick little round of applause for Ramondre, who continues to do things right. On the Colts side of the ball, there's not the biggest of takeaways, really. I mean, not much happened, good or bad, but we have to note that Zach Moss only had one carry. So if you had any hope left for Zach Moss to be able to do something, It's gone. It is the Jonathan Taylor backfield for sure in Indianapolis. And Michael Pittman continues to also be fed, continues to produce. He finished the day 8 of 12 for 84 yards and actually now leads the league in games with eight or more receptions. He's done that seven times this season, which is absolutely remarkable. So Michael Pittman having a career year and not slowing down against the Patriots who normally take away that number one option. So good game by them. Congratulations for the win in the Colts. I'm curious to see what the Patriots do. Now, of course, they're all of the media is going to say, oh, there's a QB controversy in New England. Maybe if Bailey Zappi pulled off the comeback, maybe. But instead, it's just going to be Mac Jones again next week. 
Uh, Bill Belichick's going to keep his job rest of season, and then they'll probably go for their complete, complete, complete rebuild. But for the rest of this year, expect a tumultuous path with terrible football being played in New England. The next game was one of the more exciting ones. We had the Bengals and the Texans, and C.J. Stroud yet again pulls off a game-winning drive to beat the Bengals, the, the one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Yeah, they were without T. Higgins, but still, I mean, the Bengals in general looked really good. Joe Burrow had almost 350 yards. He had two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, despite being less than 100%, had 124 yards and a touchdown. Granted, a lot of it came off one big play, but still looked good. Trent Irwin scored. Tyler Boyd had 117 yards. Joe Mixon finally got himself a touchdown. But it was C.J. Stroud, man, 356 pass yards, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Devin Singletary stepping up, 150 rush yards and a touchdown. And the leading receiver for the Texans, none other than Noah Brown, keeping things going with seven receptions for 172 yards. C.J. Stroud makes every wide receiver good on this team. And in case you're wondering, yes, Tank Dell, he continued. He did leave the game with an injury at some point. I believe he came back from what I remember. But six receptions for 56 yards and a touchdown. Tank Dell continuously doing Tank Dell things. And C.J. Stroud still doing C.J. Stroud things to pull off this win against the Bengals. Solidifies himself in this MVP race. I know I've been saying it for a few weeks now that he deserves to be in it. But I don't think the consensus was, was there yet, at least as a total MVP. But, I mean, he's got to be climbing those ranks, man. C.J. Stroud, absolutely phenomenal rookie season. But now putting these Texans into playoff contention and beating a perennial contender in their own field. I mean, what a game by C.J. Stroud and the Texans. And also still what a game by the Bengals. I mean, they put up 27 points without T. Higgins. I mean, really nothing to take away from there uh, in, in terms of bad. I mean, it was just a really good football game. And C.J. Stroud is proving to be a really, really good quarterback in this Texans team. It's proving to be really, really good. They're going to make some noise rest of season. I do want to give one final takeaway for the Bengals. Tanner Hudson, I do believe, has earned himself this tight end role. He has another game with tons of targets. He finishes the day six of seven. Seven targets went his way. He only had 33 yards and six receptions off of those. But still, to see seven targets go to him, uh, really in back-to-back -back weeks shows that Tanner Hudson is the Bengals tight end. It's not Irv Smith uh, and it's not Drew Sample. It's Tanner Hudson out of nowhere. That's the guy you want. That's the guy you want. The next game we have is the Saints-Vikings football game. Now, this is just phenomenal. Josh Dobbs continues to keep things rocking. What a guy. I mean, literally, now not even two full weeks on this team already has two wins. Both of them against the NFC South, so thank you for keeping this division wide open, Josh Dobbs. But, I mean, 268 passing yards, 44 rush yards, and a touchdown on, in both ways, so two touchdowns for him. And feeding, feeding, I mean feeding TJ Hawkinson, which is what we should have expected given how often he was targeting the tight end in Arizona. He loves targeting the tight end here in Minnesota, and TJ Hawkinson loves it. 11 receptions for 134 yards and a touchdown. Looked phenomenal. I think even with Justin Jefferson back, guys, TJ Hawkinson will continue to be fed even with Justin Jefferson back. So don't look at this as a sell-high opportunity. Ride out TJ Hawkinson all season. Josh Dobbs just likes throwing to his tight end. Also, Alexander Madison did leave with a concussion, leading the way for Ty Chandler. 
Now, it is important to note that Ty Chandler was getting some work before Alexander Madison went down. So to see him continue to look well without him as well shows that Ty Chandler has earned himself a decent role. And depending on how long Alexander Madison is out with this concussion, he should be locked into starting lineups for the most part. He finishes the day 15 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. Of course, not crazy efficient, but I mean, to see that volume and the touchdown is all you can ask for. And guys... For the Saints, we were finally, finally treated to a Jameis Winston game. Carr got concussed, unfortunately, but as a football fan, I just like seeing Jameis Winston sling it. It was a very Jameis Winston stat line, about a 50% completion percentage, but he got himself up to 122 passing yards, got himself two touchdowns, and combined it with two interceptions, the most Jameis Winston stat line you will ever see. But... But the Saints were doing nothing until Jameis Winston came in. And then Jameis Winston came in and made it a one-score game, scored two touchdowns. One of them went to Chris Olave, who he brought back to life. Chris Olave, finally 94 yards and a touchdown. And A.T. Perry, A.T. Perry scored his first career touchdown on a contested catch in the back of the end zone. It was a nice grab, uh, a very ill-advised throw, but that's what we love from Jameis Winston, to be completely honest. We'll take those, give your wide receiver a chance, and A.T. Perry came down with it. I honestly hope those Saints will just roll with Jameis Winston. I know they won't, uh, but given this was a concussion, we might see Jameis Winston one more week, but we'll see. I feel like with quarterbacks, the concussion protocol seems to be iffy. We saw Brock Purdy have it earlier this year and then come back to play. So I'm sure Derek Carr will be fine depending on the severity of it. Now, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, after the last few weeks, had earned himself locked into your lineup role. But instead, this week lays a stinker, and now you're really back to questioning it. I don't have the answer for you. I hate rostering Taysom Hill because if you bench him, he goes off. If you start him, he doesn't. Six rush yards and 17 receiving yards. That was all that you got for Taysom Hill. I see a question here right now. If you can trade Taysom Hill for a good return, sure. If you can get yourself an actual tight end, you know, I think that that would be a good move, right? I, I think that Taysom Hill, uh, while he is a gadget player and an important part of this offense, is just so hit or miss sometimes. And it's a really, really frustrating player to actually manage. So if you can get yourself a nice enough return, sure, go ahead and turn him. Next game, we had the Packers-Steelers. And the Steelers pull off the win despite, again, all season really, they've been outperformed by the other team but still pull off the victory. Kenny Pickett is just bad. He's just bad. It's I, He's just bad. I was hoping he'd be good, but uh, again, he's just so quiet and doing nothing. Kenny Pickett, 14-23 for 126 yards, no touchdowns, and no turnovers, which is what is making him a little, like, making his job safe because he's not really turning it over and he's helping these Steelers win some games. But man, take the top off at some point. You should not be outscored by both of your running backs. You should not have Jalen Warren and Najee Harris outscoring Kenny Pickett in a game. Uh, Najee Harris finishes the day with 19 touches for 82 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Warren had 17 touches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. So both of these guys seeing about a 50% opportunity share Going forward, we saw that last week too. I think that's what the Steelers are going to do rest of season. Uh, if you have both, you've got to start both. Uh, you can't choose one or the other anymore. It's going to be Najee and it's going to be Warren. I think that's a good thing for the Steelers' offense. They did, you know, it, it worked, right? I mean, almost 200 all-purpose yards between the two of them. You can't complain if you're the Steelers. So I assume that's how things are going to keep going. 
And just when Deontay Johnson pulls everyone in, is like, oh, I'm the alpha here in Pittsburgh. Nope. Total stinker. One reception for 17 yards. And George Pickens also a stinker, but at least more. He had three receptions for 45 yards. Not sure what to say about the Steelers passing attack other than Kenny Pickett just being bad. I mean, they need a quarterback upgrade for sure if they want to remain competitive in the playoffs. They'll probably find themselves there if they keep playing the way they are. Their defense is just a turnover machine, and that's going to help you win games. But Kenny Pickett needs to be more than just a game manager as these games get more important. For the Packers, Jordan Love finally played a full game. Jordan Love finishes the day 21 of 40 for 269, gets himself two touchdowns. You know, pairs it with two interceptions, but still, he gets Jaden Reed a touchdown. He gets Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs a touchdown. He gets Dontavian Wicks involved again. This was one of the guys I wanted to keep my eye on this week. Dontavian Wicks is still getting work. So in your deeper leagues, definitely worth rostering three receptions for 51 yards. Continuously working himself up that pecking order and getting himself some volume. So good news for Dontavian Wicks managers in deeper leagues. It seems to be that he is here to stay. I mean, tons of pass catchers getting work in this offense. Uh, Not Christian Watson, though. Not Christian Watson. Christian Watson, two receptions for 23 yards. Had seven targets, but just didn't bring him in. Not sure when it's going to happen. You guys know I'm a Christian Watson believer, but it's getting tougher and tougher as these games go on to find any sort of belief in him with the way Jordan Love is playing and really just the way the rest of the Packers receivers are playing. It's hard to earn himself uh, really the volume when he can't bring in even half of his targets. So Christian Watson starting to get a bit concerned with him for sure. I would love to see a ceiling game within the next couple weeks. If not, I'm definitely worried because uh, I don't think Jordan Love is losing this job at least next season. Like I think we still have one more year of Jordan Love uh, unless the Packers make some sort of desperation move. Uh, and that uh, so far has been bad for Christian Watson. It really has. So so definitely worried hoping he can get back on track, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he will. This next game is the Titans-Buccaneers. The Titans-Buccaneers was a, you know, it was a football game. The Buccaneers run away with it as Will Levis uh, honestly had some troubles. Honestly, a very good week one uh, starting in the NFL, but the past two weeks have been really extremely disappointing for Will Levis. He finishes this game right under a 50% completion percentage, has 199 yards and an interception with no touchdowns. It was honestly bad for all Titans. Even Derrick Henry only had 20 yards. That's pretty bad. When Derrick Henry only has 20 total yards, that's a problem. Kyle Phillips, though. I said that Kyle Phillips and Will Levis would have a connection uh, before Will Levis got his first start. Like That was kind of one of my one calls, and it's working. Kyle Phillips, the leading receiver again. Three receptions off of five targets for 61 yards. Will Levis loves him. And Kyle Phillips is getting open, and he's getting some nice clutch catches. Yeah, it's it's only going to get better from here, guys. So Kyle Phillips looking good. Kyle Phillips looking good. And for the Buccaneers, it is still Rashad White season, ladies and gentlemen. Rashad White, 20 carries for 51 rush yards and two receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown. It was nice. It was nice. Rashad White. Still cooking, still killing it, and I don't see that slowing down at all. He's going to continue to get that kind of volume, and he looked efficient in this game. You know that, that was a very explosive receiving touchdown. He looked great. So Rashad White, continuously start him, man. Continuously start him and don't sell. Don't sell. Keep holding and enjoying the points, enjoying the volume. Mike Evans is still cooking, guys. Six receptions for 143 yards at a touchdown. 
looking good. I mean, just fantastic season from him. I wish I could say the same about Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, still only four receptions for 54 yards, uh, having floor games after floor game after floor game. Not sure what's going on with Chris Godwin. Not sure when it's going to get better. Really, if I'm going to be honest with you, it seems that Baker Mayfield just doesn't really like Chris Godwin's type of routes, type of receiver build. It's just not working out. The connection just is not there. And I don't blame him. I mean, when Mike Evans is playing this well, why give the ball to Chris Godwin 12 times a game? When Mike Evans is just going to do the same thing off of only six receptions. So concerning, concerning if I'm a Chris Godwin manager still, I mean, I just, I, I'm not comfortable starting him at this point. I'm just not. And you can't really trade him either. So it's, it's really just a lost season for Chris Godwin as much as I hate to say it. And it's not really going to change either as Baker Mayfield is continuously playing above replacement level. He finishes the day with 278 yards, two touchdowns, and only one interception. You're not really going to do like, you're not going to replace him with Kyle Trask who hasn't done anything uh, really to, to, to earn a job. So it's just going to be Baker Mayfield rest of year, which means it's just going to be Mike Evans and Rashad white rest of year with Chris Godwin, hopefully at some point starting to establish a floor. But even then it's, I don't know. We've seen some low floor games from him this year and not much ceiling. So we've got to see Chris Godwin get back on track. And I don't know if it's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. Going to be honest here. Next game, the 49ers absolutely trounce the Jaguars. And the Jaguars need to ask themselves a serious question. And that question is, what do we need to do to get Trevor Lawrence to play better? Because Trevor Lawrence has had an awful season. In this game, 185 passing yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Christian Kirk was the only player on the entire Jaguars to have over 35 yards. The only one. Good for him, though, as he finished 6 of 11 for 104 yards, so a very good game from him. But the rest of the Jaguars stunk, and it started with Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars need to figure it out. Now, I know it's a tough defense against the Niners for sure, but still, Trevor Lawrence hasn't really done anything all year. We haven't seen a ceiling game at all. And I'm not sure when we're going to see it. Uh, To be completely honest with you, it seems like... Travis Etienne is taking away a lot of Trevor Lawrence's ceiling. And then when Travis Etienne does nothing, neither does Trevor Lawrence. So so the Jaguars have got to figure something out here. Not sure what the answer is, uh, unless they just want to drop back, go four wide when Zay Jones becomes healthy, and just let Trevor Lawrence sling it 40 to 50 times a game. But, I mean, they've gotten to this point with only three losses playing the way they are, so I don't see things changing too much. I really don't. And... Trevor Lawrence, he might be a sell in Superflex Dynasty, if I'm going to be honest with you. You might be able to get a nice piece for him. Uh, Definitely still looking to get another quarterback, but he's not looking right. He's not looking right. But he could also be a sell, a a buy low, too. It it works both ways. If you're contending and you're worried about Trevor Lawrence right now, sell him for Jared Goff Plus, right? But if you're not contending and you think you can get Trevor Lawrence for a nice price and you think that he'll bounce back in 2024— do it. Do it. It works both ways here, guys. But I think if I'm a competitor right now, I think Trevor Lawrence isn't the piece that's going to bring me over the top, unfortunately. I don't think he's turning things around, uh, at least until the playoffs. And for the 49ers, as predicted, Debo Samuel returning is going to make Brock Purdy return. It's obviously not just him, right? I mean, it's obvious that it's all of the pieces being healthy is what helps Brock Purdy. But I felt like Debo Samuel returning was going to do a lot. It just opens up the field for the 49ers because he's just such a unique player. And that allowed Brock Purdy to bounce back 296 yards and three touchdowns with no turnovers. Debo Samuel had about 60 yards with a touchdown. George Kittle had himself 100 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk got himself a touchdown. 
Christian McCaffrey didn't get a touchdown, but still crossed 100 yards. I mean, all of the 49ers were clicking, and it starts with everyone being healthy. So everyone that said that Brock Purdy was figured out, I mean, you're wrong. I mean, he was not figured out. He's still Brock Purdy, and it's really just predicated on this 49ers offense and all these weapons being healthy. And when they are, they are a tough team to beat because that defense is special. But when the offense is also scoring, I mean, what the hell do you do? So I'm glad to see these 49ers back at full health. I hope they can make themselves a push. And congratulations to those that maybe bought Brock Purdy in the past couple weeks, or those that just held on to him, because I do think he's back as long as this team can stay healthy. The next game we have is the Browns-Ravens. And surprisingly, the Browns win this game off of really nothing popping off the page. And that's obviously because on the same side, Nothing really did went right for the Ravens either. The Browns uh, get it done. Jerome Ford has 100 rush yards, which is awesome. But Kareem Hunt got the touchdown again, and that's just something we're going to continue to see week in, week out. That's what we saw with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's what we're seeing now with Ford and Kareem Hunt. Uh, Hunt just likes to score touchdowns. That's what it is. Deshaun Watson is not earning his contract, but he's getting it done. I mean, if I'm the Browns GM and head coach, I'm not too upset at Deshaun Watson right now. He's playing better than, of course, P.J. Walker was. Finishes today 213 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And, I mean, the Ravens' defense has been pretty stingy. And to put up 33 points against them, you cannot complain. Amari Cooper gets himself 98 yards. Elijah Moore gets himself a touchdown. I mean, you can't complain if you're the Browns. Deshaun Watson not earning his contract, per se, but still getting it done. And in that regard, it is what it is, right? The Ravens. Lamar Jackson, a quiet-ish game. You know, he had 223 pass yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions combined with 41 rush yards. So he at least got you a floor, but not too much outside of that. Zay Flowers was the leading receiver with only 73 receiving yards. But Odell Beckham got himself yet another touchdown, guys. Odell Beckham, I think he's back, man. I really do. He's He's looked fine. I mean, this was only one catch for 40 yards, which turned into a touchdown. But still, I mean, this is now back-to-back weeks for him scoring. And I think that's what he's going to continue to do. I mean, he's getting the looks, those important looks, and he's getting open. So look for Odell to continue to at least be a good DFS player. And guys, the story of this game. The story of this game is Keaton Mitchell, who looks so explosive. Now, he barely got any volume, so that's a concern. Three carries for 34 yards and a touchdown and a 32-yard reception, so only four touches, and he got you 66 yards and a touchdown, so that's incredible. That's just remarkable, and that's kind of what we said on Friday. If he gets the ball right, um, he's going to have at least one chunk play where he gets you the points you need, but I'm not necessarily sure what kind of volume is going to be there. I do think that you know he only had one touch in the second half, and I don't think that's going to continue. I think that he has earned himself a bigger role. I think that this is probably his floor in terms of volume. And I think next week it's going to get even better. We saw it. The tides change in this game. Justice Hill only had two carries. Don't be surprised if that's his max going forward. And Justice Hill can maybe get him or Keaton Mitchell can get himself up to at least five carries and two or three receptions. Keaton Mitchell looked great. And I hope the Ravens keep giving him the ball. But it is important to note that Gus Bus will still get his. I will maintain that Keaton Mitchell won't eat into Gus Edwards. The Ravens love that guy. They just do. And he scores touchdowns. 11 carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. Can't complain. That's the Gus bus for you. It's not going to change. Don't expect it to. The next game we have is the Falcons-Cardinals. And guys, I know I brand myself as a Falcons fan. I mean, that's where I live. I love them. They're fun to watch to me. I like the players. 
But first and foremost, I'm an NFL fan, and this game was incredible. I don't care that the Falcons lost in Falcons fashion. Seeing Kyler Murray return to Kyler Murray was so exciting. I love it so much. That third and 10 scramble when they had to get uh, the field goal to win the game, that was just unbelievable. You see the classic vintage Kyler Murray run to the left, run backwards, break a tackle, scramble all the way to the other side and get the first down. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And then he follows it up with a bomb to Trey McBride, who turns around, catches the underthrown ball, gets him into the field goal range, and they win the game. I can't complain. I really can't because that was just fun to watch. That was just good football, and I could not be happier for the Arizona Cardinals. Really, my takes, guys, I had been saying all year, buy Kyler Murray, and for the last few weeks, all season, really, buy Cardinals players because it's just going to get better. Not only did Trey McBride arrive with eight receptions for 131 yards, I mean, he is just, Trey McBride is playing at an unbelievable level right now. But Rondale Moore has life again. Five out of eight targets for 43 yards. That's a good bit for Rondale. And he had some deep targets as well. I mean, his usage is going to continue to be like that. Michael Wilson, six targets. Brought in three of them for 34 yards and almost scored a touchdown. Fell down right at the one-yard line. But he's earned himself a role. That's a good role. The person who looked the worst, surprisingly, was Marquise Brown, who only had four targets. And brought in one of them for 28 yards. That's the concern there. But I think Marquise Brown is going to bounce back too, right? I mean, we've just seen the Fal the Falcons defense has been shutting down wide receiver ones 90% of the time. So I'm not panicking if I own Marquise Brown. And I'm just so excited if I own any Cardinals pass catcher, if I own James Conner, really all of the Cardinals, because they're going to win some games. Or at the very least, they're going to score some damn points. So this Cardinals offense... They're back, and I love to see it. I really do. And for the Falcons, Taylor Heineke gets hurt. Desmond Ritter comes in and scores what should have been the game-winning touchdown. And guys, I ask you this because I know the answer, and it's not just take lock. You have to agree with me here. The Falcons look better with Desmond Ritter. We saw what they looked like with Taylor Heineke, and it is a team with no identity. Desmond Ritter maybe turns the ball over and takes away some stuff, but he also adds so much and brings an identity to this Falcons offense. It was much more fun to watch with Desmond Ritter at the helm the limited time he played. It just was. It's plain and simple. It just was, and I, and I have to ask you guys if you feel the same because I know that he's turning the ball over and he's maybe not forcing it down the field, but just those RPOs and the read options and all of that fun stuff, it's just so nice, and it's so Atlanta Falcons Arthur Smith football. And the fact that Arthur Smith couldn't recognize that himself is what pisses me off the most. I said time and time again, do not bench Desmond Ritter. I don't care how bad he's playing. He's the one that operates the offense in the way that you want it to be run, Art. You can't just put in Taylor Heineke, a guy who's just been bouncing around and filling in when he needs to, admirably. He's a really, really good backup. That's what he's there for, but he's not your starter. He changes the system, and it doesn't run as well. It doesn't run as smoothly. It just doesn't. And to see Desmond Ritter come in and get what would have been the, the game-winning touchdown, to see Drake London make his best catch of the game, to see Bijan Robinson come back to life, I mean, that is just the excitement that the Atlanta Falcons offense should have had the past couple weeks and should have had all season. But Arthur Smith was too much of an idiot to see what was in front of his own eyes and couldn't just bet on the young guy and, and just trust him. 
and just continuously work with him and build up his confidence and let Desmond Ritter get better and better and better and better as he was doing. I mean, he had multiple 300-yard games. That's rare. That's rare. <laughs> so I'm glad to see Desmond Ritter do what he did in his game back, and I'm excited to see what the Falcons do in this bye week. If I'm them, I am firing Arthur Smith. I'm rolling with Desmond Ritter, and I'm hoping we can make the playoffs. But what will probably happen is Arthur Smith keeps the job. I do think Desmond Ritter gets the starting job back. I do. I do. I really do think that Arthur Smith will hopefully realize it. If not, he is definitely an idiot, and he doesn't understand his – I don't understand how he doesn't understand his own system. Like, he wants a mobile quarterback so bad, and yet he wants to use Taylor Heineke, who I know has a little bit of scrambling ability, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same at all. So I, I'm just curious to see what they do in this bye week, guys. Very, very curious. Next game, Chargers-Lions. Chargers-Lions. Uh, what an exciting football game. First and foremost, 41-38. to 38. What a game. Sorry to Justin Herbert, who just can't seem to win despite playing superhero every single game. Four touchdowns for him. 300 yards for him. Only one interception. Fantastic game by Justin Herbert, but just not enough as the Lions were just unbelievable. Jared Goff, 333 yards and two touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs, 77 rush yards and two touchdowns. And three receptions for 35 yards, so crossed 100 yards again. And those two touchdowns, might I note, were on the goal line. They were very, very short yardage run plays for Jameer Gibbs, and he got it in. So to see him have that is just fantastic. It is Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, who had 116 yards and a touchdown. A lot of it coming from a 70-yard rushing touchdown. But still, David Montgomery is here just as much as Jameer Gibbs is. But Jameer Gibbs is the 1A now. I'm not, I'm not denying that. Jameer Gibbs is the 1A, at least in competitive games. I'm sure in games where the Lions run away with it, that Jameer Gibbs will probably have a little less volume. And David Montgomery will be used to run out the clock. But still, Jameer Gibbs, to me, has won the 1A job and shouldn't lose it, if I'm being honest with you. I do want to point out my guy, Jamison Williams. He did score a touchdown in this game that he had called back. He had a couple nice catches. He honestly looked really good. And I urge you all to go watch that David Montgomery touchdown run and see who that lead blocker is. Jamison Williams is earning himself snaps on this offense. I'm no longer concerned about Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think Jamison Williams is doing enough, especially outside of just catching the ball. I know he's having a couple drops, but everything else is coming together. And I think that the patience is about to pay off. I really do. I think Jamison Williams, it might be next year, but I, I'm not classifying him as a bust. I'm not even coming close to it. Jamison Williams will get better. And even if it has to take being traded to the Panthers, I think that'd be cool. Reunited with Bryce Young if you want to move on, Lions. But I do think Jamo is playing his heart out. There were some awesome football plays. Like I said, the block to help David Montgomery score that touchdown. I mean, he's all over the field right now. It's spectacular. It really is. Uh, just not the fantasy points. It'll all come together soon. Amon Ross St. Brown continuously doing Amon Ross St. Brown sun god things. 156 yards at a touchdown. Great for him. Great game from all the Lions. And great game from the Chargers, too. They just can't get it done. Round of applause to Jalen Guyton. As I said, he's going to be the guy when activated off IR to kind of replace Mike Williams. Six targets brought in four of them for 41 yards at a touchdown. Keenan Allen. Guys, long-sleeved Keenan Allen is a monster. 11 catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns. 
do me a favor. I'll probably talk about it tomorrow in more detail or really whenever, as we are now officially in long sleeve Keenan Allen season. But go look at his stats in November and December. When he puts on those long sleeves, he's a different football player. So I've had him for sale all season. Now I'm not. He's off the trade block. The long sleeves are out. Long sleeve Keenan Allen is here. And this is what it's going to look like, guys. At least 10 receptions every single game here on out. Austin Eckler, 67 rush yards and a touchdown, as well as 48 receiving yards. That's the usage you want from Austin Eckler. No complaints there. And Quinton Johnston, not bad. Not bad. I mean, it took a lot, right? It took four targets for him to get a touchdown, but still four, brought in all four of those targets. 34 yards and a touchdown. Can't complain. Can't complain. Quinton Johnston easing his way into this game, <laughs> this football game, just in general, like figuring out the NFL. You know, he has to work on so many things, but still some promise in this Chargers offense, of course. You're anyone, anyone with a pulse is going to have some viability every once in a while in this offense. The next game, we had the Cowboys-Giants. Not much to talk about for the Giants, as this was just an absolute dismantling, as expected, right? I mean, this Cowboys defense is something special, um, but but uh, Danny DeVito. Somehow, funniest stat line, he didn't have 100 pass yards. He only had like 80 pass yards, but somehow had two passing touchdowns to Cager and Sterling Shepard, so good for him. Uh, and Saquon Barkley only had 14 touches, which is uh, not good. I was hoping he would just be fed like 100 touches, but uh, he's not doing that. Granted, the game was so out of out of range that maybe they wanted to save him, but still, I was hoping that Saquon Barkley would be force-fed with everyone out, and he wasn't. I'm not sure if he will either, but I do want to talk about this for a second. On Trade Gods last week, I said Saquon Barkley was a really good buy for contenders, and Alan Seslowski didn't necessarily disagree with me, but he did give some really good advice, and that was to wait till after this Cowboys game to buy Saquon Barkley. I wish I had kind of thought of that first, but that is a genius move. I do think that Saquon Barkley is an even better buy now because, like I said, I do think he'll get fed in some closer games when they're not playing the Cowboys every single week, uh, and he should do a little bit better. And even then, he's still at 65 yards, so it's not like the end of the world. But the Cowboys, ladies and gentlemen, Dak Prescott is back. 404 yards, four touchdowns, a rushing touchdown as well, and an interception. And I mentioned his rushing touchdown because not only did he have a rushing touchdown, but so did C.D. Lamb and Rico Dowdle. That's right, Tony Pollard, in a game where the Cowboys scored 49 points, only had 55 yards and no touchdowns, and yet C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Rico Dowdle had touchdowns. Concerning. Concerning. Tony Pollard has not been able to do anything really all year, and I'm not sure when he will. This was the exact type of game where Tony Pollard should be able to do something. You're up all game. You have 15 carries against a bad Giants defense, and you only get 55 yards. It's not good. It's not good. Outproduced by Rico Dowdle, too. 12 carries for 79 for him. Not sure what's going on in Tony land, but I'm worried. I'm very, very worried. And guys, the Brandon Cooks vintage game finally happened. I had been praying for this all season. I'm not going to lie. I pretty much gave up. I thought it would have happened by now, and I sure as hell didn't expect it to happen against the Giants. But nine catches for 173 yards and a touchdown. Let's go, Brandon Cooks. What a game. I hope he can keep it rolling because I, I'm honestly, admittedly, I'm a Brandon Cooks uh, stan. I like the guy. I do. 
The other touchdowns, just real quick, went to Michael Gallup and Jake Ferguson. They're keeping things rolling uh, for the Cowboys. We got two more games to talk about. Lots of football this weekend. The next game was the Commander Seahawks, a very exhilarating game, 26 to 29. The Seahawks pull off the win. The Commanders continuously getting in these close contests, and it's on the back of Sam Howell, who is now leading the NFL in both pass yards and completions, finishes this day with 312 yards and three touchdowns, uh, and did lose a fumble, but still a great game. And believe it or not, Brian Robinson was the leading receiver. Brian Robinson had six catches for 119 yards and a touchdown. And it's not just him, Antonio Gibson. Five catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. The running backs finally getting used as receivers in this offense, and I love it. I really do. I think Antonio Gibson is here to stay. I think that Eric Bieniemy, uh, to be sure, has figured out that Antonio Gibson needs to get the ball, and he's gone to Ron Rivera and said, you're an idiot for not letting Antonio Gibson get the ball. And I think that it's going to continue to be like this all season. I think both of these guys are going to be able to be fed, and it's exciting stuff. Jahan Dotson, big fat donut. Terry McLaurin, only four receptions for 33 yards. But don't be discouraged because if you started De'Ami Brown, you had a good game. De'Ami Brown, two receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown. This commander's passing attack is so weird. Sam Howell's the only one you want uh, for some reason. You know, you think that you'd want Jahan Dotson. You'd think that you'll want Terry McLaurin. But they have some low-ass floors, and I don't see that changing. So if you can get a good return for either of those guys, do it. If you could somehow use those guys to get Sam Howell, do it because uh, it's a going back and forth between the two or it's neither of them. And that's just not something you want to see. Next, you have the Seahawks where Geno Smith yet again had a decent game, 369 yards and two touchdowns. DK Metcalf got himself 98 yards. Jackson Smith and Jigba still had four catches off of five targets for 53 yards. Very decent floor. Going to continue to trend up and trend up. And it's going to be awesome when it finally hits. Kenneth Walker, 127 total yards and a touchdown. And I saved the best for last. Tyler Lockett looked amazing in this game. He looked like vintage Tyler Lockett, and it was really, really beautiful. Sorry, eight receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett was balling. His touchdown catch was beautiful. He had a a couple amazing just over-the-middle grabs as well. Him and Geno Smith were on another level in this game, and it was nice to see it again. Just the nice, sneaky low grab touchdown for Tyler Lockett was awesome, but it isn't like he didn't go up and get it too, because he had an amazing jumping grab over the middle too, after Geno Smith perfectly threaded it over the linebacker. I mean, Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith had a beautiful connection in this game. And I was just watching it really just amazed at what they were doing together that I just wanted to mention it. I thought Tyler Lockett looked really good. And so did Geno Smith. And finally, the last football game to talk about. And you guys know where I'm going with this. You've tuned into enough Wake and Take uh, episodes. Antonio Pierce, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you coach a football team. That is exactly what you do. I know I've had this rant uh, multiple weeks now, but still, I just love to see it. I just love to see a coach do what you're supposed to do, and that's fire up your guys and make sure your players put the balls in the hands of your playmakers. Josh Jacobs should never have less than 25 touches. 27 carries for 116 yards. Let's go. Devontae Adams should never have less than 10 targets. Six receptions off of 13 targets for 86 yards. That's how it's supposed to go. It was amazing. Football is not that hard. 
Thank you for making it simple, Antonio Pierce. And that's how you beat the Jets, who had, I mean, one of the best defense in the league, to be completely honest. And you beat them with Aiden O'Connell, right? Josh McDaniels is an idiot, (laughs) first and foremost. But Antonio Pierce is a great head coach. He is head coach material. And I love it. I love that he has this team fired up to play. And I love that he has them firing on all cylinders. I mean, you see the rookie Michael Mayer score himself an amazing touchdown grab. You see Devontae Adams getting fed. You see Josh Jacobs getting fed. And you see Aiden O'Connell scoring himself a touchdown. It's awesome. It is really, really awesome. And then I also want to talk about the Jets for a second because Zach Wilson, he doesn't look bad. He doesn't look good either. He looks, and he doesn't look, it's like, he looks not good maybe? I don't know. I don't want to say bad. Because 263 pass yards and not turning the ball over until really late isn't the worst thing in the world. Especially when you have 54 rush yards, your defense is keeping the game close. Uh, and you are too. I mean, like, he, he's he's playing smart. Like, he really is. Like, he looks calculated out there. I'm not going to lie. I mean, obviously not the best in the world and missing a lot, but I, I I don't hate what Robert Saleh is doing. I really don't. Like, I, I like that he's betting on Zach Wilson and rolling with him. It's what I wish the Falcons just did with Desmond Ritter. I think it makes most sense, right? And Zach Wilson will just get better and better and better, even if it's just marginal improvements. And that's what you want to see from young guys, especially when your defense is just so good keeping you in these games. However... However, you've got to let Zach Wilson loose a little bit as they just fed Brees Hall, and it wasn't even working. Brees Hall only had 28 rush yards, and the only reason he had a salvageable fantasy day was his 47 receiving yards. But the Jets just kept handing it off to the running backs over and over and over and over and over, and at some point, you've got to let Zach Wilson loose. I know it's scary to say that, but at some point, you've just got to do it. Uh, It's not going to happen, really, ever, but still, I would like to see it. I would like to see it. I mean, we've seen Zach Wilson now outproduce Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in the games that they played against them. So I don't know. I don't know. I would like to see him let loose. Not sure it'll ever happen as that's not what the, the Jets want to do in terms of offense. But still, I would love to see it. I'm curious what it would look like. And I'm sure it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Now, Garrett Wilson is a true alpha because with this subpar quarterback play from Zach Wilson, he's still producing at an admirable level, nine receptions off of 14 targets for 93 yards. Just a great day for him, a great day for him, and he's just going to keep it up. Imagine what Garrett Wilson would have looked like this season with Aaron Rodgers. It would have been something special uh, for sure, and I'm sad we didn't get to see it, but I am happy that we get to see him produce so well with so little, just solidifying himself as a true dynasty god wide receiver. If you can acquire Garrett Wilson for a reasonable price, I'm doing it in Dynasty for sure. And I just want to complain a little bit. I'm playing somehow, somehow, somehow playing against both Josh Allen and Tyler Conklin in four different leagues. Somehow. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And then of course, Tyler Conklin's going to go seven for seven for 70 yards and catch what almost led the Jets to, to make a comeback win, an awesome like 40 yard catch over the middle. Like, why did he have to bring that in when you're playing against me, Tyler Conklin? But it is what it is. I swear to God, if Josh Allen has a career night tonight, I'm going to be pissed because all of my matchups were looking so good in the leagues that I had to play against Josh Allen and Tyler Conklin. And now it's changing as Conklin had himself a very decent game. And I'm sure Josh Allen's about to go off against the Broncos. Just frustrating Jason fantasy football moments for you. Uh, But that's what it is. 
it is what it is. Tyler Conklin is still one of Zach Wilson's favorite targets, if not his favorite. So that's everything I have about all these games. I see a whopping 94 comments. So I'm just going to try to speed run these, see what I can find. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. I'll try to find the most important. Oh, my screen froze. Uh-oh. Uh, like yeah, some of the best stuff. But genuinely, good morning. Or, or yeah, good morning to you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's answer some questions. Harry Soman was right about Stroud. You were right about Ford. I never said you were wrong about Ford. I was with you on Ford all season. Really great handcuff, and he looks phenomenal. Let's see. Tough to trade tight ends for other positions, uh, but definitely try. Uh, well, what I like to say, Anthony, about this, I know you're still tuning in here. When I say trade a tight end for another position, what the best way to do that is to take George Kittle. And, uh, I mean, the example I was using earlier this season was to trade George Kittle for Trey McBride plus now, of course, that's not going to happen, but basically the, the, the philosophy here is if you're at tight end and especially if you have a top tier tight end, who's kind of disappointing you like a George Kittle, who of course has some spike weeks, but sometimes some low weeks, a Dallas Goddard, who was in the same tier with some like injury concerns, you can use that tight end and go all the way down to the bottom of the barrel. Because in terms of replacement value, you're not losing a ton, but you can get a really, really nice cherry on top, uh, which to me, sets your team over the top. So if you've got one of those tight ends that you want to move on from, go all the way down bottom of the barrel, Jelani Woods type tight end, and see what you can get on top. I think that that's where you're going to make up some nice stuff. For sure. What's up, Ahan? Glad to see you in here today. Josh Dobbs being the headline means something. I do want to say... On Friday, we talked about it a little bit. Josh Dobbs said he would do a chicken dance if he scored a touchdown. I didn't see it. And we were supposed to get free Shake Shack when he did the chicken dance. That was the whole deal. It was supposed to be if Josh Dobbs gets does a chicken dance, Shake Shack will give out free chicken sandwiches today. My man did not do the chicken dance, so I'm a little upset. I'm a little mad at Josh Dobbs. But it is what it is. I, I love him also. He's doing some fantastic stuff. Some absolutely fantastic fantastic stuff um oh harry snowman makes a great point beware of groupthink losing madison is going to result in more running from dobbs this is true uh ty chandler of course still going to be snuck into your lineups but yes josh dobbs is definitely going to have a lot more carries and i mean it could also just be that they pass the ball a ton more too as anthony points out justin jefferson is coming back as well um harry snowman says thank you for phillips oh thank you snowman thank you for picking him up thank you for picking him up I don't think Chris Godwin is concerning at all. He's wide receiver 36 with bad end zone conversion luck. He's going to be a league winner. I'm not, no way he's going to be a league winner, but can he turn it around? Sure. Sure. Um, do, do, do. Buying low all day on Trevor Lawrence. It, well, sure. Sure. I agree that it, it works both ways. Like I said, buy low if you want a dynasty asset, but all, I mean, he hasn't done anything all season, so there's nothing to expect him to turn it around really at all. Um, Although, Ahan did just point out, Tennessee, Houston, and Cincinnati, three good weeks coming, hopefully. At least against the Titans, hopefully. I think Houston and Cincinnati could be less of a slugfest than it looks like on paper. Um, Let's see. Scrolling down, scrolling down. I see some trade advice. Um, Keaton Mitchell, Damian Pierce, and Fryermuth for Ferguson, and the one... Oh, yeah, yeah, do it. Do it, do it. It's Chuka, baby. Go for that early pick. Just do it. Just do it. Um, sorry guys. Sorry guys. It's hard to, it's hard to read and fill the dead air. 
Yes, the Falcons look better with a new quarterback for sure, Harry Snowman. Neither Riddy or Heineke, uh, but I agree with you. Um, Heineke is not better than Desmond Ritter. Sorry, Ahan. He's just not. He's just not. Um, let's see. Uh, between Ritter and Heineke, the 24 draft is the answer. True. Or Justin Fields. Or Justin Fields. Good joke, positive grouch. Me talking about the Falcons bias said, are you bi curious? Yes, I'm so curious about what's going to happen. Very curious. Man, all right, this is a lot of comments here. <laughs> uh, Cool, cool. Ahan also loves himself, some Antonio Pierce. Let's see. Let's go. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, guys. All right, guys. <sighs> Went through those comments. Let's see. Someone on Instagram asked, should I pick up Leonard Fournette? Yes. And then would you trade Jalen Waddle and Kenneth Walker for Jonathan Taylor and DJ Moore? I would hold Kenneth Walker and Waddle. Bijan for Pollard, hold Bijan. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was The Wake and Take. You guys were a fantastic audience. I was Jason. You guys, I hope you have a magnificent Monday, a wonderful rest of your week. I hope your Monday night miracles come true i hope mine do as well uh i really hope josh allen lays a stinker tonight that is i i need josh allen to not do well i know he will i know he will but i just need him to not you know just for my sake just for my sake but you guys have a good one peace